Thank you for joining the Bevel Talk, Season 14, Episode 2, Weld Tube Special Part 2, Career Insights from the Pros. Today, we're talking with special guests from the Weld Tube Squad, who discuss welding as an art, along with career insights and lessons that they've learned as an experienced welder. Let's get right into it. So, Rosendo, you said something interesting. You said, you know, I've been taking some notes here. You said, you know, you've always been into art, and when you were welding, it felt like art. Exactly. Talk to me a little bit more about that. What what do what do you guys well, think of that? Ex- explain that to me. Know, um, sometimes I use this example to my students, where, um, for example, you have uh, you know when you're coloring, you're coloring, you're following what you're leaving behind, you're trying to stay in the circle, you know. And when you're welding, it's very similar to to something like that. So you have your puddle, you're trying to make your puddle do what you want, you know, you're following it, right? You're using the edges around your puddle. So, you know, it's a lot of detail. Uh, being an artist, yeah, uh, it requires a lot of detail. So they're they're very similar. And that's what got me into to welding. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking to my cousin and he's like, yeah, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to look for. And I'm like, hey, it's, it's an art. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what got me into it. See, I've always really enjoyed the, the struggle of trying mm-hmm. to manage, you know, especially in pipe welding. Pipe welding is my, my love and my passion is, you know, actually going in, preparing a bevel, preparing your landing, getting ready to weld, and then just taking whatever comes, right? Because you never know exactly what's going to happen and actually having to, to tame the arc and make it do what you want it to do. Sometimes it feels like art. Other times it feels like breaking, breaking horses. And yeah. at the end of the day, you just you get a win, right? So the other thing that, that was mentioned, I think it was Matt that mentioned it, was you know pipe fitting skills. So talk to me a little bit more about, especially in your, your day-to-day jobs or in what you did running pipelines or, or your welding, talk about fitting skills, learning about fitting skills. How, how often do we hear guys saying, hey, you know, I, I'm not a fitter. I'm not good at math. I'm not this. I'm not that. I, you know, I, I can only weld or I this, that, and everything else. H- how'd you overcome that block? No. Anybody? Open well, discussion. Uh, well, not, go ahead. not having the choice. Um, <laughs> to not have a fitter or a helper and you're a one-man show, you kind of have to, you know, put up your bootstraps and hit the ground running and figure it out. And thank God math has always been my number one subject. So it kind of came natural to me. I was actually pursuing a, an engineering degree, so I've been up through calculus and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, being good at math has helped me more than anything in welding. It, and that includes the fitting aspect of it. But being using numbers and stuff like that, I was very surprised how much that would help me out later on in my career. So I don't know if that really answers any of your questions. You're one of the lucky ones, Matt. I don't know anybody else wants to talk to you anymore about that. So. I, 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 fa- <laughs> I failed English every year of high school, but I always passed math with an A. But and I speak just fine. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Where, where, and how did you learn to fit? What, what tricks did you learn fitting? Um, either from the the old goat or how did you overcome that? So with that apprenticeship program up north, um, you get partnered with a journeyman. So if you're lucky, you get an awesome journeyman. Um, the guy I was with, he was same kind of thing, one man show. Where, okay, yeah, sure, the fitters will keep you going, but it's like, all right, come on, hurry up, let's go. So start cutting, start talking, fit up some stuff, get ahead. Um, another big thing is I'm not great at fitting, but uh, it's one of those things if you're able to do it, you know what, you may not need it. A lot of shops in Alberta, they got pipe fitters. You know, you just go to weld sometimes, but when you do need it, 
Um, having that in your toolbox, being able to actually show up, do a TIG route, do some 6010, do some RMD. Okay, sure, I'll fit. Being able to do it all, that's just, you're more versatile. More valuable. Uh, more valuable, yeah. yeah. You get more opportunities out of it. You don't have to turn stuff down. Well, sorry, I can't do that. Like, you can do it all. You can you can keep busy, so. Okay, so that that's, leads into my next question. So what are the the other skills besides just the welding that a pipe welder or a welder in general needs or should focus on as well? Financial skills. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Explain that because, you know, I think it was Jake said, hey, I got my first paycheck and I was hooked. Yeah. I mean, talk to me about the financial skills a little bit. And then I think Travis has something he wants to say here. His eyes perked up a little bit there. <clears throat> I think uh, coming from, I mean, as a welder, you can make an amazing living doing, you know, traveling the country or staying at home, doing about anything you want to do in the industry. You can make a ton of money doing this. And those first, I know my first three years, I pipelined, made big checks, and three years later had no money still. But I had a lot of cool stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so come 2016 when that all happened and everything kind of dropped out in the oil and gas, um, I mean, I was freaking, I was losing everything, you know? And so to, it opened my eyes a lot in the fact that, okay, hey, look, you got to put the money back. You, I mean, you just got to be ready for what's coming down, the, coming down the road. And you don't know what it is. So I think it's a, definitely a learned skill. Sometimes you have to do it the hard way, and sometimes you're just naturally blessed with being able to manage money. So <laughs> where'd y'all learn that? Like, was there some Still old haven't. guy? Still, oh, okay. No. no. Does anybody have that old guy that said, "Hey, just do this and you'll be happy"? Or I had I had an old guy that told me he says because he could see I was I mean I was buying everything I was having a blast <laughs> I had brand new machines brand new truck and he's like hey he says uh, he says right now you're eating check uh, he says right now you're eating chicken and he says here in a little bit you're going to be eating feathers. And I said, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I just left. And I definitely know what that means now. <laughs> so, oh, as a young kid, it's like hitting the lottery. Oh, totally. <clears throat> Anything is just going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it dries up quick. Don't be a one-trick pony. Like, Learn that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Arc Reach Smart Feeder delivers excellent RMD and pulsed MIG welding up to 200 feet away from the power source with no control cables twice the distance previously possible. RMD and pulsed MIG processes also help reduce weld failures and eliminate backing gas on some stainless and chromoly applications. For more information, visit millerwelds.com slash wirefeeders. Unpack that a little bit for me. Tell me, tell me, tell our listeners a little bit more about that. What, what do you mean? It dries up quick. Can't you just go get the next job? Can't you just keep moving? I mean, that sounds great, but... I've never been a mainliner, pipeline, anything like that. But I do have customers that are net 90. So there's sometimes I don't get paid for three months at a time. So you have to really sit back for those times. And same thing, like he said, like I didn't have, I was broke, but I had a lot of cool stuff. And thank God I'm married to a strong woman. And that's another big thing is having a strong anchor at home holding it down because this is, this is not a nine to five job. Okay. So a lot of people have that false sense as well. Like we can make a bunch of money, but you don't realize the sacrifice and the hours you put in to make that money, okay? So, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was going to talk about there. Um, oh, being a one-trick pony. So it's good to be good at something and master it, but 
when that dries up, like he said, the pipeline, it's not going to go forever. There's going to be times where you're down. But if you can do fab, if you can do TIG, exotics, this and that, like be more well-rounded, you're going to be do much better than just like a mainliner. So give, again, it gives you more options. It can keep you more busier, more customers and stuff like that. So, okay, so we've, got, we've got fitting, we've got fab, we've got financial skills. What other skills do you need to be a good, well-rounded welder, be able to maintain and be able to move and bounce to that next job? Work ethic. That's a yeah, huge, I don't, huge one. I don't care how slick you are. If nobody wants to work with you, nobody's going to call you. Yeah, and, and uh, that's something I wanted to bring up to you, uh, work ethic. You know, some of these new guys, you know, you'll tell them, they'll tell them, hey, uh, we're going to be working 12s, you know, all day long, every day. And they don't want to work. You know, some of these guys, they don't want to work. You know, some advice, um, do it, you know. Yeah. Work those 12 hour shifts. Yeah. Over Leave your phone over. in do the truck. Do as much as you can as possible. <laughs> Save your money. Stack up, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. The other thing with work ethic, too, is uh, it's easy to get cocky as a welder. Mm. And uh, going back to work ethic and working with other guys, if you're rude, people can't get along with you, you won't uh, just don't treat people right, people don't want to work with you. They won't work with you. And, uh, been a few times where your uh, confidence gets up and you seem to think you're you're all that and uh seems to be always around then an x-ray pops mm. <laughs> eventually uh <laughs> you get that up there and life has a way of seeming to uh, knock that ladder out from underneath you so oh yeah you know worth that work ethic so how do you teach that how do you get young guys that are coming in that you're working with can you help build that, or is it just something that's natural inside somebody? Like, I think you're raised with it. Like, I think there's a couple things. I don't know. I mean, I think I think you can be raised with it, or there's. A, I've watched a few guys that just didn't have the drive, and they get fired once, and just laid off, and say, "Hey, man, you ain't cutting it." Well, it it opens up. I mean, their eyeballs get huge, and they're like, "Whoa, what? What the do you heck? mean? Yeah, what do you mean?" Exactly. And then the next one, they're like, okay. I think it's a learned thing too, for sure. You know, I think, uh, I think it starts here with us. You know, we should lead by example. You know, we do lead by example. We do work a lot, a lot of hours. And people will see that. You know, people see that and they'll, they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think work ethic is something that's vital in, in every aspect of of life and industry and everything. And, you know, I think you can be raised with it. I think you can learn it. I think it takes exactly what you're saying. It takes drive. It takes somebody helping you, teaching you and showing you, and then helping you understand the rewards at the end of that, that working hard, working those 12s, doing it. And that, Hey, there is a benefit to this, that more comes because of it. And it's not, exactly. you know, it's not just, Hey, I can work eight or I can work 12 and I get the same thing out of it. I, I get it out of it. What I put into it. Right. So I think welding, too with that uh, work ethic not necessarily that exactly but with a welding career um we all know guys who just barely enough to get by just passes x-ray just do enough just show up the more you put into it uh, better quality more versatile again harder you work it creates more and the more you put in the more you get out all of a sudden all these opportunities well you do good, good work for one guy he starts recommending you two other guys it, uh, you get what you work or you get what you put in. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why everybody knows Travis so well. <laughs> because of his videos at the beginning, it was 
him in his garage doing, you know, working on something, or him and Dakota in the garage working on something. They're always doing something practice. to get better. Oh, yeah. Practice, but, practice, practice. Well, I know in the welding industry, um, usually the, the welding trade itself uh, as a student is advertised as a very, uh, if you are high school failure or if you're uneducated, go into welding or go into the trades because that's all you'll ever amount to be. Uh, but that's kind of how it's advertised. If you have good um, eyesight, if you have good, uh, you know, if you have a brute, you have some strength and some dexterity, then you can go be a welder. Uh, but they don't say that uh, welding, actually, you need to be very intelligent. Um, originally, when I got into welding, I was actually very ashamed uh, to be a welder because um, just the people around, I was around a lot of uh, drug addicts, a lot of, uh, you know, people who drink and have questionable lifestyles. And uh, I kind of wanted to get out of it until I met uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry and um, because Jerry is actually very, very highly educated. Uh, he's, uh, well, essentially, he's like a welding engineer, essentially. Um, very well-spoken, very intelligent. <clears throat> and um, uh, basically, with welding, uh, the one thing I've noticed is that you have to have a, um, almost be like a psychologist to the different metals. You have to be uh, treat them like like different people with different uh, mannerisms, uh, mental problems, I guess. Uh, Nietzsche's um, uh, different attitudes, um, but you also have to incorporate uh, neurolinguistics programming. Uh, so you have to be. Um, uh, Kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> you got to be able to speak a lot of different languages with the metals, right? Like, yeah, you've got to be able to understand. Hey, when I'm welding on an Inconel or a Chromoly versus a carbon steel, I might be in a similar situation, but the puddles going to react differently. The filler metal is going to do something different. You have to be able to put all those together and understand, especially when you're welding to similar metals or you're doing something that you haven't done in a while and you're not familiar with it, right? So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's true, because also, like, like in welding, like it, uh, there's a lot of similarities, like, uh, say, like, chrome and aluminum, you can heat them up and they weld better when heated up, say, with, like, Inconel and nickel alloys, they do uh, weld uh, when heated up, but, like, when you have aluminum and titanium, they're the cleanliness where you can be very um, uh, lesser quality or lesser skill set on, say, like a carbon steel, where the higher the alloy you go, you need more and more skill set, um, but uh, some of these different metals are they're very um, basically essentially the higher the alloy you go, the more difficult uh, it becomes. It's kind of you have to follow like patterns and routines. Uh, you have to be very intelligent with the metals. You have to apply like uh, well mathematics. You have to apply like amperage times voltage times six seconds divided by distance gives you how many joules you travel. Um, it's actually very very it's actually a very difficult thing. Um, and then when you like pipeline welding. Um, a lot of a lot of welders from where I am, uh, you know, they just get their their welding truck. They they could be apprenticeship. They go sorry, they could be a second year, or third year apprenticeship, and then they just rig up and they think, okay, well, I'm going to go on the pipeline and I'm just going to make all this money. But they don't realize that well, the bead hand is very very fast, and he'll just like leave you right in the dust. He'll just like 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 he's actually very very fast. Like say if you have um, a three and twenty five six wall, and this guy's like like super fast and just uh, puts root in like it's nothing. Like he's a very calculated on how he does it. He has a very routine and pattern of how he does it, and even his helper moves very, very efficiently with how we, um, his overall movements make him more efficient, but he also has his machine set uh, exactly how it is, and he knows how to play with that machine and make it uh, do exactly what he needs it to do. And um, a lot of welders, they don't kind of know that. They just say, oh, I can go in the pipeline and make all this money. Um, so it's, uh, there's a lot of, well, especially like a lot of welders getting into this industry, they're um, they don't really know exactly what they're getting into, essentially. So, well, I think a lot of that has to do with that. Um, 
one one like we we've talked about that oh we, you're not good at school go be go be a welder go into the trades go do this and, and I think in welding you can you can get whatever you want if you want to just be a guy that pulls a trigger and runs a bead you can make a living doing that and you make a bead hand living right you you want to be somebody that does specialty alloys and does that you can be that you want to be a top notch underwater or, or you know uh, aerospace or something else great you can be that and as much effort as you put into it you're, you're going to get out of it um, when you learn on it also the other very interesting part about welding uh, is really the opportunities that you can get uh, because um, in Canada there aren't too many opportunities I found but uh, all my opportunities in life uh, underwater welding fab tech uh, doing things with weld tube uh, going to Miller here it's always been in the states so if you're a very competent skilled welder uh, you may get frowned upon in Canada, but when you go to the States, you're actually well-respected, and there's all these opportunities resources available to you. One, one thing I want to, uh, I guess, bring out of that conversation is, is that power of networking, right, and how important it is in the industry, but to you as an individual, your career, the ability to get to know other people and have your re- reputation get out there, the way you treat people, the way you work, how has that impacted your, your personal career? Thank you for listening to the Bevel Talk Season 14. Please check out all of this season's episodes featuring the Weld Tube Squad, 